Hi, friends. Uh, welcome to the fifth episode of Ask Dirty, a nerdy book club podcast. I am uh, your co-host, Colby Sharp, with my good friend, Donalyn Miller. And today we are going to be talking about reading communities. How are you, Donalyn? I'm good. How are you? You know, we're uh, in a reading community great. together. Yes. The, the whole nerdy book club is a one of my favorite book communities, reading communities that I've ever been a part of. So um, I was wondering, Donalyn Miller, what is the first time in your life, like looking back, that you can remember being a part of a reading community? So let's not get hung up on that word community, right? Like mm-hmm. the word community sounds vast. It sounds large. It sounds mm-hmm. formal. Like I need to yep. be living on a street with a whole bunch of readers who have ra- little, little free libraries outside their homes, or I need to be in a book club. And I am in those things, but a community could just be one other person. So I, th- I think we have to value those small communities that are informal. A, a reading community could just be one other person that you talk to about reading all the time. And if so if I expand my definition of community to include those one or two other people, I would say the first reading community I was ever in was with my elementary school librarian, Mrs. Potter, mm-hmm. um, because she was the first person who ever talked to me about reading, outside of my family anyway, the first person that ever talked to me about reading just for reading, like as a reader, she didn't talk to me about reading the way teachers talk to me about it or the way that other grownups did. She talked to me like we were both readers and we were having a conversation. And that was powerful for me at that age because I, I was a little bit of a precocious reader and I didn't have as much of a reading community as I might have with other kids necessarily. I also, people might find this hard to believe I was shy in elementary school. And so I wouldn't, I just spent all my time reading my books about animals is what I did. But if I were to really think bigger than that, the first time I realized I was in a reading community was when I was in my first classroom. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I ever had a group of kids with me all day. And the reading community that I built with my students, I mean, I was more consciously aware of it being a community and the power that that had. And that I was not just driving that community, that I was a member of it. You know, and I yeah. think that takes some time to come to as a teacher, perhaps. Yeah. When I'm thinking back, I mean, I obviously I wasn't like walking into first grade being like, huh, look at this reading community I'm going to be a part of. Um <laughs> But for me, the the communities that I remember being a part of in elementary school were in the classroom around around read aloud. Oh yeah, and oh, I yeah. think like having that shared story, that shared text together that we read and talked about was really felt like a community, like what I see community as today. And I was thinking, Donalyn, like when I got older and into like middle school and high school and we would still read books like together or like the whole class novel or play or whatever it was we were reading. It was it's interesting to think like it didn't feel the same, like when it started to be tied to like grades and assignments and so many tasks, it didn't feel the same to me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. 
Yes. And see, I don't have memories of being read aloud to an elementary school. So I don't have that memory of read alouds. But you and I have talked about read alouds in the past as being, there's so many reasons to read out loud to kids. Mm -hmm. We know there's uh, benefits on their academic progress. We know it helps build vocabulary. We know all of these things, builds background knowledge. But I think one of the best gifts read read alouds give us in a classroom or in a library is that it's a community builder. Nothing in my mind builds community faster in a language arts classroom than a really engaging read aloud and the discussion that goes along with it, where every child in the room, I mean, no matter what the reading abilities are of all the children in the room, everyone can come together around that shared experience and be part of a community where they have been able to access the text in the same way. And I don't know any other part of our work in the classroom that replicates that where all children have equal access to participation from wherever they are. And uh, not only does that point to the power of read alouds, but it also underscores why we absolutely have to be doing them because if we're not, where else are kids getting that opportunity to come together as a community where everyone feels like they're on a, a level playing field? Yeah, because some of our kids are going to be a part of other reading communities, right? Whether it's a friend group, whether it's at the Mm -hmm. local library. But if we want every kid to have the opportunity to experience that community, the read aloud really is a great entry point into that. And then hopefully through that, they'll see how powerful it is, how cool it is, how wonderful it is to be a part of it. And what you were saying there made me think like how many reading communities are built around like a shared book, Right. Like you think in our school, right, we have like the classroom read aloud. So many schools do things like a March book madness mm-hmm. or one they book, do, one school, one book, one school. How many people participate in the global read aloud? Right. Like even like communities, right. They don't like whole communities will read one book, like maybe organized by the library. They'll bring in the author and, and that sort of thing. So I think that's really interesting how it, how that is a way where we can bring readers together through, it's just amazing that you can do it with one book. Like, you know, teachers ask me often, how do I build a reading community in my classroom? Mm -hmm. I have my kids reading every day. I'm really promoting books to them. How do I build a reading community with my kids? And I don't think there's a single answer, but two of the things that we've already talked about certainly do it. Those conversations Mrs. Potter had with me, where she Mm -hmm. treated me like a reader and she was another reader. And we were just going to talk to each other about reading as readers. Of course, you know, she was scaffolding and mentoring me the entire time, but I was nine. I didn't know that (laughs) because she was a really, really good teacher. And then that read aloud piece, you know, starting read alouds as early in the school year as possible is another way I think we can start to build community. Uh, Unfortunately, working in a lot of schools, the only school-wide community things that I see happening are contests and competitions Mm -hmm. where we're doing things like Battle of the Books and only a few children ultimately wind up participating or we're doing a -a read-a-thon where children run around with a flyer and get people to donate money for every minute they read or that puts kids in competition with each other or the read for a million minutes over the summer and the principal will kiss a pig. I'm not making up these examples. Y'all, these are examples that I have seen out in the world. And those are often the only time there's like a school wide, everybody's going to do this. We're all going to read together. We're all going to do this thing. And what we have to be mindful of is if if we're self-reflective, we have to see that unintentionally we might be creating a culture of reading winners and reading losers at our Mm -hmm. school. 
And I don't think anyone pulling back to a bird's eye view would do that on purpose. But every time there's a contest, there's a winner. And if there's always a winner, what is there also always? And why would you want any kid to see themselves as a reading loser? I'm not talking about participation trophies or everybody gets a gold star because they read a book. I'm talking about what do we really mean by a community and how it supports kids as readers. It's not just a way to remind everyone they should be reading over the summer. That's Mm -hmm. not what it's about. Yeah. And this conversation that Donalyn and I are having is part of what I think is going to be a much longer series on communities. I'm becoming obsessed with, with them lately. And a couple of things that, that led to that one being, we just finished up spring break and I had uh, a conference with every kid in the days after spring break about how reading went. Um, No judgments, just wanting to talk to them. What went well, what didn't go well, what did you read? And it was really, really fun to have those conversations. And I was so proud of, of how much they've learned about themselves as reading as readers and just all of the reading that they did. Um, And then kind of talking to them about going forward and what that looks like in these next last nine weeks of the school year and into reading outside of our classroom after our time together is over. Donald, so many of them on their own have recognized that this will be much different when they don't have each other. And when this thing that we've built in the classroom is gone, how much different and for many of them, how challenging that is going to be. So that's one reason that I'm obsessed with the communities right now. And the second, and then we can come back to this if you'd like, is I have a ninth grade daughter and an eighth grade daughter who both read a ton in element seventh and ninth grade who read a ton in elementary school and then had some time where they weren't reading a lot, but they have both come back to reading and are reading so much. They are two of the busiest kids you will ever meet and they are reading so much. And I feel like such a big part is the communities that they have found outside of the classroom within their schools at lunch with their friends like they are passing books back and forth. They are reintroduced to new series. They're getting, it's just become again, like this excitement that they had in elementary school. So I'm obsessed with finding ways to help the readers that I serve find these communities like my daughters have, keep these communities like we have in the classroom. So that's a lot that I just rambled on, Madeline. <laughs> I think you planned like three episodes about community. Yeah. Right but okay, so let's let's talk about this a little bit. I mean, it goes into like, what does a reading community really offer readers? I think we could have a whole conversation on social reading and, and the fact that there are many readers, and I would consider myself to be one of them, who get more enjoyment out of their reading sometimes if they have other people to share it with. Yeah. Um, uh, there's an author, I can't remember who it is online talking about a book where they're writing. You remember that copy of Brown Girl Dreaming that we all passed around mm-hmm. and all of us wrote in the, mar- you had written in the margins of the book and I got it after you. And I remember going through that book and those little breadcrumbs that you had left me gave me even more. Sometimes I would just go, what was he writing this down about and trying to figure out what you were trying to mm-hmm. tell me about that point. But other times it almost felt like I was reading it with you. And yeah. so even little things like that, but there are some kids of course, who don't 
want that social reading experience. They don't necessarily feel like they need to have other readers to talk to, but they still benefit from the reading community anyway, mm -hmm. because the reading community is a vibe too. It's not just an act. It's not just a ritual or a routine. It's got a whole vibe to it. You can feel it in a classroom where the kids are supporting each other as readers in ways that the teacher is not. And, and, and it's, a, it's about creating conditions where readers can flourish without feeling like we need to be driving the reading lives yes. of every single child, child in the classroom, because one, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's not reasonable. And it's not a path to independence. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a path to dependence. I mean, nothing feels better, I think, as a language arts teacher than recommending a book to a child and they take it from you and they go off and they have a fantastic reading experience. That is to me, the magic. It's where you can feel that gift of reading being passed from your hands to another reader. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons we're all doing this, right? But what we have to recognize is that they're temporary. And I think that's what you're running up against with your students too. Some of what maybe your students are feeling is some sentimentality about leaving the school they're leaving your elementary school yeah. forever. Mm -hmm. um, they're leaving your wonderful classroom. And they're also sentimental about each other. Yeah. And one of the ways that they're looking at that ending is that that reading community that you've built is also going to end. And they are now probably at this stage of the year recognizing that. Mm -hmm. um, so how can we teach kids how to seek out reading communities for themselves if we should not and cannot ensure that that happens for them. Yeah. I think that's a big question. I think that's what will be some of the things we definitely need to explore and bringing in other, other voices to Absolutely. help us with this conversation because, you know, we talk a lot about book access. We talk a lot about giving kids time and choice and all of those things are important. Um, and when you add that community piece it's, it really just, it's like, it's like an X multiplying something by an exponent, right? Like to the third power, like it just explodes what you've already created. And I think it's one piece that's a lot of teachers do naturally and a lot of classrooms have naturally, but if we can find ways to help kids find it with, without us and keep it, I think it's a huge avenue to helping kids find that joy of reading outside of school. And, and we can talk about where do families fit into all this mm -hmm. too, because it is hubris ego to believe that the only reading community that matters is the reading community that we build at school. Yeah. Um, it, it's not. And we need to value, I mean, what's there. I'm, I'm thinking a lot about what's happening with the book banning and everything that's happening mm -hmm. all over the country and what reading communities look like outside of school and what people's perceptions of reading might be. And there's a whole lot of parents who are supporting the literacy development of their children who are not included in conversations about their children and reading. And we may not be as successful as engaging children with reading as we might hope to be if we disregard the influence and the very real role that families play in the conversation. They're, they're too busy reading books. They're not on Facebook enough to see, to, to get in all the arguments. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Good for we them. Need their, read yeah. out loud to your kids. Get off the internet. <laughs> yeah. So, well, 
Friends, we hope that you found something of value here. We hope you're thinking about communities. Wherever you find this, if you could leave us a comment and let us know what you're thinking about communities or uh, questions that you have about it, we'll be sure to, to try to incorporate those into future episodes. If you could think of someone we should talk to, please let us know. Someone doing great work in the classroom, in the library, in the community. Uh, that they live in on this topic that would be really beneficial and hopefully we can uh, continue to learn and grow together any final words donalyn oh you know just remember that your students are reading more with you than they would be without you that you are modeling for them something much bigger than just the walls of your classroom you're modeling what a reading life might look like for them thank you for listening to this episode of ask nerdy We look forward to seeing you next time.